And welcome back to another episode of the All Seminoles Pod podcast brought to you by the one and only Sports Illustrated website covering FSU athletics. That's allseminoles.com. Two man boots tonight. We're a man down. Uh, David Visser will be back with us next week or maybe even this week, depending on how this whole thing starts to evolve. But that over there is writer at allseminoles.com. My co-host, Mr. Dustin Franklin. Dustin, how are you, buddy? What's up, man? I'm good. How are you tonight? Uh, I could be a lot better. It was a day. Things yeah. are happening. Things are, are a little crazy right now, man. But I tell you what, let me go ahead and get an early plug out of the way. Earlier today, I interviewed Jeff Cameron of ESPN Tallahassee. Uh, we sat down for about about, about a 50-minute conversation, and we talked about a myriad of things. Some of the things we're going to talk about here again tonight, but I'm interested in your perspective. Let's kind of start with just some of the – let's go ahead and start Florida State because that is kind of, you know – what the point of our show is. We'll get to the big picture stuff, but let's start with Florida State, man. You know, you wrote a piece on the on the ACC and all that, but let's go ahead and get uh, yesterday, you know, for our site, you broke the news about uh, Jamar Chapman opting out. Today, we find out that Dennis Brick Jr. also opting out of the 2020 season. So just some general thoughts on, on those two opting out. I don't think either one of us are against it. I guess my question is for you, what do you think? And does this hurt depth in any way? Well, here's the thing about it. You know, who who are we to tell anyone what's best for them, right? So I don't think that it's our place to say I don't agree with them opting out or I do agree. It's their decision at the end of the day. Right. But the bottom line is if we're going to lose players, you don't want to lose anyone, right? We're a cohesive unit. We need every – it's, the you know, chain's only strong as the weakest link. You don't want to lose anyone. But that being said – Defensive tackle is the one position where mm, we're sitting pretty right now for the time being. And so we've got three, uh, four high caliber players right there at the top of the death chart. And so losing these two guys, yeah, it hurts because that's some extra depth and you want those guys to get reps for the future. Uh, game experience is, is invaluable. So sitting out a year is, you know, it can't help their development. But at the same time, like you said, it's their decision. And you can't be mad at them for doing it and, and taking their best interest uh, to mind. I agree with you 100%. I have nothing against either player for opting out. It's a global pandemic, you know, and, and player safety is the most important thing. And that's a whole big can of worms right now, obviously, with, the, with some of the news that came down today, which we will touch on later. But for right now, the ACC holding strong, still playing. Season is a go. It's underway. Fall camp for Florida State is underway. I think we're, what are we, five practices in now, if I'm not mistaken, and to the Mike Norvell tenure. Um, it's kind of hard to gain anything when we're not able to actually watch practice, see a lot of actual video outside of a few clips that are highlights with music packages and stuff like that that, that Seminoles.com kind of puts out. That stuff's kind of clean cut and edited. We don't get to actually see a lot of raw footage. But what we have seen, some some players that have stood out to me, and then I'll let you go, Miko Dotson, which I'll let you touch on in depth because you know a lot about it, Amari Gaynor, somebody that we both are in love with on the – well, not, you know, literally – as a football player, we both love his game. We were super high on him yep. coming into the season. So Mari Gaynor flashing Stephen Dix Jr., a freshman, getting there's a lot of talk about him maybe winning one of those starting roles, which I think would just be a huge deal to get a three year starter in there, a linebacker at a position where it's just uh, again, talented room that we flipped, but it's been a bad run here yeah. at Florida State the last what, five seasons at least. So that's 
a lot of the people that I'm here and and there's been a lot of praise for all four quarterbacks, not just one, but all four across the board. James Blackman in a leadership role, a lot of teammates praising him. I know we've heard it before. I know you're kind of giving me a look, and if you're not giving it to me, you want to. But uh, <laughs> uh, you, you got to at least give the kid some credit I for will. battling back and, and and not quitting. You know he's he's here to stay. He's here to win the job. Chubba Purdy getting a lot of praise. Young guy, Dave Rodemaker, kind of in a weird spot to me just because there's some grit there, and I think that he's has a high ceiling, but I'm not hearing as much about him as I am even Jordan Travis, who, while right. maybe not the most impressive arm, still puts balls behind people, legs. I, yeah. I I think this staff is high on him as some kind of weapon. So just your general thoughts on on all those guys and and anybody else that you're hearing about. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you mentioned Miko Dotson at first, and you're right. I was the one that was my first article I wrote with all Seminoles was – the scouting report once we found out that he was coming into the university and I was high on this guy from day one watching his film. I mean, come on. He didn't lead the nation in interceptions last year by mistake. It was not a fluke. And so when you get a guy like that added to the, to the fold, uh, bringing that kind of experience plus well, you know, Florida state has always been known to have this certain kind of, I hate using the word cause it's kind of played out in 2020, but the word swagger, Right. And he has brought a lot of it yep, from what absolutely. I've seen and heard. And so that's what we need. You know, we need those DBs that are going to let you know about it, that Jalen Ramsey type energy. Yep. And he brings a lot of that. You mentioned Stephen Diggs Jr. Very high on that guy and Amari Gaynor. I, I want to see I almost said Amari Stoudemire. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> if he can well, have, you know, uh, if he can have a, a rookie impact like Amari Stoudemire did his rookie year in the NBA, we'll be sitting free. Nice position. The the thing about the rest of what you mentioned, yeah, all four quarterbacks, you've heard good things about them. Now, what I want to see is how James Blackman handles adversity in year four, or whatever year this is, three. Year four, year three on the field. Yeah. So what I mean by that is we've always seen this kind of offseason from James Blackman. He's always come in and been that kind of positive teammate that the coaches rave about. But I don't, you know, I didn't just happen to forget what happens when he turns the ball over in a critical moment. Right. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't seem to remember him being the most positive influence when he got pulled from a game. Right. So what happens when Purdy or Roadmaker or Travis leap him in the depth chart, one, two, or all three, how is he going to be then? That's the, that's the James Blackman that I want to see. That's the growth right. I want to see. Because honestly, growth as a person, as a teammate, as a mature human adult, is gonna what is gonna be what takes him uh, to the next level as a quarterback. Because he has the he has the skills. That's never Absolutely. been a question. Right, it's right. Between the ears, and because he gets down on himself and he lets things snowball. So yeah, that's all good. Now some other things that I wanted to mention, just coming out of camp, was you mentioned Tate Roadmaker. Well, he has apparently found his uh, go-to target in Brian Robinson, and those guys have already developed chemistry. And some of the passes I've seen, I got to tell you, I like that combination. Yeah, I'm. I've been vocal about being, you know, Chubba Purdy is QB of the future. He's QB one for the time being uh, until whenever till, till the next big one comes in. But Roadmaker and Robinson, that's an impressive combo. And another thing that I did, you know, listen, you don't, Tamari and Terry does not need us 
to sing his praises because Lord knows he gets that from every other person that watches football on a daily basis. But I will say that I'm very impressed with the uh, continued mobility and the, the way he's been able to maintain his speed and agility while putting on the weight. He's chiseled right now. Storms right. has got him beefed yep. up. He looks like a Greek god, and he's still out there cutting on a dime looking like Deshaun Jackson. Like, that's impressive. So right. that, that's that's my biggest takeaways from what we've seen so far. Right. And honestly, it's just nice to have camp to talk about because, again, if you asked me maybe two months ago, I uh, don't think we're getting camp. <laughs> we, yeah. we were not super high on the possibility of that happening. So to even have that to talk about is is really fun and really good. Um, so, again, not a whole lot to glean from it. But one thing I will say that I am hearing, and I think you're probably hearing the same thing, and look, it's hearsay, so we don't really know, is the organization from top to bottom, just, you know, a constant message, one solid message, everybody's on board, everybody seems to be bought in. And another thing that I don't know if you got a chance to watch some of these coaches' interviews, listen to some of them on these conference calls or whatever, but they're impressive as a staff. Now, I don't know how they're going to do on the recruiting trail, that's another topic for another day, but just as far as on the field, organization-wise, X's and O's, they're fascinating to listen to. They know their stuff. And somebody that we were high on early on, I, I think, is really already shining through, and that's Chris Marv. Yep. I think I Chris Marv is a, a super smart coach, a super smart guy, and a future head coach. Which, by the way, isn't it nice? I know this is kind of weird to say, but isn't it nice to have a coaching staff that other coaching staffs might want to pick coaches from. I don't know. It's it's like it's weird around here, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, here here's, you said it. Chris Marv is a future head coach. Uh, that's a that's a sharp that's a sharp man right there. He knows the shit. Pardon me. He knows the stuff and he is uh he's very professional and he seems to be a player or a coach that players uh, navigate to or gravitate towards. And everything about him is a plus to me keeping him in Tallahassee as long as we can is going to be a challenge in my opinion. Oh, you said it, uh, you know, no offense to anyone on the, on the past few staffs, but other coaches, Nick, (laughs) Nick Saban was not knocking down. (laughs) Nick Saban was not busting down the doors in Tallahassee to, to steal, uh, Rick Trickett away. Let's put it that way. Uh, I don't know how else to say this, but Chris Marv is a severe upgrade over Bill Miller and Bill, Raymond yeah. and Raymond Woody, please continue. Well, you know, I, like I said, don't I don't do want to rag on don't it. Do I don't want to rag on each anyone on the air. We, <laughs> but I'll yeah, do it on I, the air this day. It's yeah. been a day, man. I'm doing it. Yeah, Bill Miller, uh, Har- Harlan have Barnett. Fun in, <laughs> have fun in Lawrence, Kansas, Bill. Anyway, please continue. Yeah. Um, that's just that's just what we are. We have an impressive staff. The organization's going to be there. I don't think this team will miss pregame meals. How no. Hey, and I don't think walkthroughs will be missed. That's something that I think FSU fans can kind of rally around. If we get a season, I think we're going to look better. Just by sheer coaching alone, they're going to yep. look like a better football team. They're going to lose games. Get that out of the – and we're about to touch on that. We're about to dive into that in just a minute. They're going to lose some games, A, because they can't block a soul. For now, could improve under Coach Alex Atkins, who I'm also impressed with. But the bodies are what the bodies are. If they can't string together some depth there, good luck. So there's that. They're going to be vulnerable in some spots. We know that. So they're probably going to lose some games, of course. But, uh, yeah, so 
again, just 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 the overall organization is going to lead to some. It's probably going to lead to a loss that we don't see coming just because of the talent. But there's going to be a win that we don't see coming somewhere on this schedule just because they are buttoned up from top to bottom if we actually get a season. So I think that's impressive. Another coach I want to touch on before we move on to kind of running through this schedule that came out last week. We didn't have a chance to touch on the actual games and dates yet. Chris Thompson is another coach, former head coach at the at the D1AA. The deputy. Me, the FCS level. He's impressed me in interviews. Really, really highly thought of coming in. And I'm I'm a big fan of that addition to this staff. At first, I was a little skeptical just because, you know, it kind of seemed like a, this sounds bad. A little bit of a charity hire. Coach Mike Norvell played for him in college. So, there, you know, there was a little bit of some incestuous stuff there. No, this is a really good hire. A really sought-after coach. And I'm really impressed with him in those interviews that he's given so far. So that's another just, – just a really good staff I'm comfortable having at Florida State. For the first time in, hell, man, seven years? Really? I mean, yeah. it's been a while around here, dude. So, yeah, go ahead. No, I agree. I, I, the deputy – Head coach is uh like you said when I especially when I heard the title I was like oh boy this is this is just a this is a this is a I don't I don't want to say Dante Pimpleton hire but uh yeah this you is a little hire you just hiring your boys here but no uh it, he has turned out to be an impressive and yeah they they seem to be well hydrated they, that's not going to be an issue oh, okay oh uh, I thought you weren't trying to bury anybody on the air here uh. So really quick, hey, the deputy thing kind of reminded me of Woody from Toy Story. So you know, there's a snake in his boots. Yeah, I, 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 I had some fun with that. But I mean, if it works out, it works out. Another coach, John Papuchis. Like I could just run through this whole staff. There's nobody that I'm super skeptical on right now as far as on the field. I feel like yeah. on field we're comfortable recruiting. We'll talk about it another day. If if we end up not getting a season, we have a lot of time to talk about them on the recruiting trail. So let's hold off on that. You know, so we talked about we're going to win some games. We're going to lose some games because of the skill. Speaking of wins and losses, man, let's run through it. Let's run through some W's and L's for the 2020 Florida State football schedule, which, by the way, came out last week. Like I said, we didn't get a chance to touch on it in depth there. You know, we had the games, but we didn't have the dates. Now we have the dates. So if the ACC actually goes through with this football thing, which – I have my doubts. We'll get to that. This is what we have. Okay. They released a great graphic. By, by the way, big kudos to the graphics department. Thanks for stepping up your game, your photo yeah. shoots, everything else. Big time improvement. Let's give it a little round of applause yeah. here. Shout out to K Camp. He K Camp, our man, man. K Camp. And Absolutely. he's not alone. The whole team has it's leaps and bounds better than it was this time last year or the uh, year before or the year before. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's been a long time. Hell, ever, ever. It's yeah. the best it's ever yeah. been. There's no yeah. doubt. Some of those like seminal legend things, you know, those little videos that are about a minute and ten minutes or, or ten seconds long, those have been great. The one with Adam Fuller kind of, you know, back and forward with the Mickey Andrews stuff has been a really cool thing to see. And by the way, one more thing before we get to the actual W's and L's, white numbers just pop. And I know you weren't so down on the gold numbers as much as everybody else, but you got to yeah. admit, these white numbers pop and they look yeah. sharp. Well, you know. I don't want to give them too much credit because maybe we're just clamoring for them because they are new. We've had those they look gold great, numbers. damn it. <laughs> they they do, but I'm saying we had white numbers before, and then 
changing it to gold was such a weird change. It was. That now changing back after having the gold numbers for, what, five seasons? Yeah, it's it's a change, so it's new and it's exciting. But, yeah, they do look good, but I'm not as overly emotional about them as a lot of people are. I understand. I just meant on the pictures and the graphics. To me, they yeah. pop a little more than those gold yeah. numbers. But that's just a personal preference. Now, you know what else would pop in those pictures if, if the football team would adopt the N7 jersey? But that's that's a different discussion. We'll Let's talk about debate that, that in the off-off season. So <laughs> if we don't get a season, we'll debate the N7 concept uniform, okay? I will come on here and debate you. I have my thoughts laid out, I promise. That's going to get messy if, if we do that right now. But they released a graphic last week with Hampson, Nazardine, Marvin Wilson, and Tamori and Terry on the front looking sharp, big, healthy. Okay, here we go. Are you ready, Mr. Franklin? Let's do this. Tallahassee, Florida. The Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets come to town. First game under head coach Mike Norvell. W or L, Dustin? You can't go 11-0 without winning game one. I'm not saying they're going 11-0, but I think this is a – this is a per- thank God we didn't start the season with Clemson or Notre Dame, right? Like you get uh, one of the weaker teams on the schedule to open the season and hopefully build some momentum. I think it's a win. No, no disrespect to Jeff Collins. I actually really like him as a coach and, and changing yep. that culture so and changing so that uh, that that offense is such a daunting task. But I like him. Yeah, right. He he's still a year or two away. Yeah, so absolutely. Give me FSU. Big fan of that Jeff Collins hire. I think he fits Georgia Tech perfectly, and I think he's going to be just fine there. I just don't think they have the talent that Florida State has overall. So I'm going to take the Knowles. Coach Mike Norvell rolls on in to the Sanford game one and zero September nineteenth Sanford. Little rematch for that Blake Hodges ass. Who you got, baby? Oh, come on, du- yeah, Duck Hodges isn't walking through that door. So uh, hey, I don't know. They might have a freaking miracle boy back. I'm kidding. Uh, Knowles W big. Yeah, big. What the, what ah. the spread is? Add a touchdown to it. That's what I'm saying. Hey, I'm gonna tell you right now. If Mike Norvell loses to Sanford, pack your bags, son. Pack your bags. Get out of here. I'm not dealing with that. Never again. Not even close. All right. Here's the first. Okay, so the Knowles are 2-0 according to us right here. Here we go. The mighty, mighty Seminoles undefeated. Looking at a friend's top 25 ranking maybe. Just, you know, given the fact that only three conferences are probably going to be playing football at this point. Rolling down to Coral Gables at that. Well, it's not Coral Gables. It's Miami down at the former Pro Player Stadium. Who knows what it's called now. Uh, the rented field of the Miami Hurricanes. Sorry, I'm getting Seminole all my pot shots in. Hard rock. It's the Seminole Hard Rock Stadium. Yes, it is. And I think this. But I have to in-depth break down this Miami game too much. But, first of all, Greg Rousseau opting out. Smart smart decision, young man. We appreciate all the, all the things you've done for the great game of college football. We'll see you on Sundays. Okay. Thanks for opting out, buddy. Your health and safety is my concern. Top priority, yes. baby. Absolutely. We don't have to hear his name on a loop for four quarters again. Okay, so they go to Miami. Depends on how confident you are, Manny Diaz, and what you think De'Eric King can do in that offense. Really high on De'Eric King as a player, as a quarterback. But Miami season starts out a little rocky. They're going to be a little bit more beat up coming into this game than we are. I'm going to take the Knowles to start out 3-0. and And if you asked me that three weeks ago, I probably would have said L. But just a confluence of events that have happened since then, I'm, I believe in the staff to get them ready to play that game. And I think by then the offense will have enough playmakers where we can score some points on a, on a Miami defense that I'm not as high on as I normally am. So I'm going to take the Knowles close. But uh, it's going to be hard bo- 
it's going to be hard bottling up the Eric King, but I like Florida State in that game down there. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. Uh, the game is on the road, which is Florida State's home away from home. Most Doesn't years. matter this year. Ain't right. nobody there. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, still, you got you get right. you know, not sleeping in your own bed, right. that sort of right. thing. Uh, having to walk through in the parking lot of the hotel, missing the meal. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, that's um, different stuff. Yeah, that, yeah, they got it here. Yeah, but, all gas, no brakes. Right, like you said, Rousseau's sitting out, and he is not going to be able to play the leg guitar on anyone. Um, but give me Miami okay. in a high-scoring sure. game. Fair I think enough. a high-scoring game, okay. and I don't. I'm not confident in Manny at all. Manny Diaz is not a good coach, but I think it's great recruiter, not a good coach so far. Ha, right, I agree. Had Tate Martell, had Tathan been the starting quarterback, it's a different story. Had Nikosi Perry been the starting quarterback, it's a different story. Derek King to me is the is the X factor. He's going to be too much for the defense to handle. This is the first true test. So I got Miami winning by maybe three to five points in a in a high scoring game. And by the way, something kind of cool we didn't touch on that Georgia Tech game. Jeff Sims visiting Doe Campbell Stadium, just throwing it out there. Throw some former coaches here told him to have a good day. That's all I'm saying. All right. So, will he be the starter? Probably not. But that's not the point. All right. Bye week. Can't lose. Okay. We got a little 2-1, and 3-0 and zero action here. South Bend, Indiana. It's not going to be super cold. I think we're actually going to be able to, you know, run the ball a little bit, unlike last time we went up there and, and pissed down our leg. I'm still going to take the Irish here. I think Mike Norvell severs his first loss. But I think Florida State could have a little something for that ass. Not going to win, but I think a cover is possible by Florida State here. A Vegas cover. I'm not going to go win. I can't do that. But I'm going to go Vegas cover in a in a tough-fought game. Not super close, but a cover. Yeah. I. Here's the thing. You said it's not going to be super cold. Well, it's not going to be super pretty either. No. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> that I don't think that Florida – I don't care what spread's going to be. I don't think Florida State covers. Okay. And sure. I, I just think it's too, it's too much to ask at this point. It's too young uh, of a team as far as chemistry goes. You're asking a lot going on the road to Notre Dame. Absolutely. And, you know, you're coming off a loss to Miami, so you're probably going to come out over-amped because you're like, we got to get back on track. I think they're going to be pressing out the gates. And so I could see two and two to this point. Okay. And, by the way, I would take two and two. <laughs> at yeah. this point well uh, yeah and, no and it's right. important it's important to say that if what i'm saying is correct two and two through four games if that's the worst we go right fans need to go ahead and plan on relaxing because that's yeah. nothing to stress about yeah because there's a stretch coming up here that i think you can get some wins but you could also take some l's so you got to be really careful navigating these waters i and by the way i mean cover back door now, i don't mean cover like it's Back and forth scoring here. I mean, little you know, a little field goal, touchdown at the end, get that backdoor cover, make everybody in Vegas mad. Um, all right, so we come back to Doe Campbell Stadium. Sam Howe comes to Tallahassee. A little, I think this defense will have a little something for that ass. Uh, I'm a, I'm high on Mac Brown and that hire and the staff he, he's put together there, the way they've recruited there. But I also think. I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves with the Tar Heels. I think we forget they're a seven-win team last season. I know they got better as the year went along. They also lost to Appalachia State. Good football team, but still, that's a loss. They, you know, they took Clemson to the wire, but they also had games where they looked like complete shit. Excuse my language. Complete crap. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they have a really good quarterback, and I think their defense is okay. 
but I don't think it's great. And I think our defense can bottle up their offense enough. I'm a little bullish. I know I sound a little homerish, but right here, I'm going to go W. W against the Tar Heels. And by the way, to me, this was a toss-up game even a couple weeks ago before I kind of hyped myself up a little bit. So this, to me, was still a coin flip because I'm not as high on North Carolina as everybody else. So give me Florida State uh, against North Carolina, but I do think it's close. I think it's a very close football game, a good football game. Yeah, I'll agree with you on this. Uh, this game could come down to a coin flip. Um, it's it's a very – I think it's going to be who's got it that day, who's got the juice going. Right. And Sam Howell is a future very high draft pick. That's not a Agreed. secret. I mean, Agreed he's probably going to go – at this point in his career, I wouldn't be shocked if he goes top five in the NFL draft when he comes nope. out. That's how high I am, I am on former FSU commit Sam Howell. That being said, I think that this is where the defense comes out and says, okay, we've lost two straight. Marvin Wilson, Hamsa, uh, the rest of the leaders on that team, Asante Samuel, Jaden Lars will be, they all say no more. The buck right. stops here. So right. this is this is where you see a hard-fought victory at home in front of no one. In front of about 20,000 screaming <laughs> Florida State fans. Hitting the war chant, doing the ch- okay, yeah. Uh, by the way, this is. A- <laughs> well, I was Go gonna ahead. say it, if if we do have limited capacity crowds, I hope that they just travel in a flock around the stadium, and so like literally as the game goes, they move from section to section just to follow and hound the sh- the piss out of Sam Howell. Just don't do the wave, okay? No wave. That's my that's my rule. We can't do the wave. We don't do waves. All right. We both got a little win against North Carolina, so I have the Knolls right now at four and one. You got them three and two. We're not too far off track here, you know. Yeah. A nice little, nice little thing that we got going. All right, Louisville. Uh, I believe this is on the road. Last year, hey, hey. By the way, Willie Tiger went two and zero against Louisville. I think Louisville is well coached. I think there's a lot of talent there. I think they lost some of the some of the talent off that team, though. So I'm a little, I'm a little shaky on on what they can do. I'm gonna. Th- Okay, this guy that sounds like I'm homerish, but I'm just gonna be honest. This was these next two are kind of toss-ups for me. I didn't know I could kind of flip a coin and land on it either way and feel pretty good about it. I'm gonna take Louisville to win that game. Close. I think Knowles fight hard. I think. Well, you know what? I'm changing my pick on the fly. Give me the Knowles against the Cardinals. I'm not buying the Louisville hype either. Same way I'm not buying North Carolina hype. Give me the Knowles. You know what? One loss so far in the season, but I got one coming up that I don't think anyone's going to be happy with me about. Oh, boy. Okay, so, yeah, I'm, I'm also going to take Florida State uh, in the victory. If Scott Satterfield can't beat Willie Taggart, he can't beat uh, Mike Norvell. That's my entire rationale on this. Now, I Absolutely. do think that Mikael, Mikael Cunningham yes, is I, a, you know, they're going to present some problems for us on offense because they returned their starting quarterback right. and their starting running back. Those are two very impressive guys in, in Louisville's offense. And going to have our hands full at times, but I think FSU pulls away at the end. Absolutely. Uh, I think it's a close game. I think that's a fun game if we get to actually see it be played. Here's one that I was unsure about going into the original schedule, and the fact that it's still on the schedule creates problems for me. I think this is where Mike Norvell takes that unexpected loss to a lot of people because, you know, we come in this game one loss. We're kind of rolling. We're feeling good. Knowles are probably ranked at this point. I'm going to take Pitt in that defensive line. I know they have some uh, some key pieces missing, but there's but, but there's depth. Uh, Narduzzi does a good job on defense. Again, 
Pitt is weird. Pitt, some weeks under Narduzzi, looks like world beaters, and then they lose to like almost Sacramento State. I mean, it was a close nail, or you know, whoever that was. Uh, just so there's a lot of you know iffiness within that Pitt program. I think the defense, the defensive line causes the offensive line too much trouble. I'm going to take the Panthers. Close game, but a loss at home for the Knowles. So this is where we pull back even because I don't see us losing to Pitt. I okay. do think their defense has a lot of talent, defensive line's talent. Uh, but, yeah, I just think that you got the momentum going at this point and you're coming off a win, uh, a couple of good wins, and right. they keep the ball going here. I like the rationale. Again, coin flip game could really go – and you could probably flip the two, the Louisville and the Pitt game, but I do think that North Carolina – Louisville pit stretch, you're going to see some kind of loss there uh, at some point. And I'm just picking the pit game because I think they're all three kind of coin tosses, in my opinion, depending on which offense for pit shows up that day, at least. All right. On the road, Carter Finley Stadium. I think they kick NC State's ass the same way they did last year under Willie Taggart. I don't think anything changes there. I don't think NC State is any good at all. And I'm not. I think Dave Doran's on his way back down with that program, no matter what anyone else says. Could be a trap game. If you're looking for some kind of slip up where maybe Florida State's a little too confident going into it, but it, if you're coming off a loss against Pitt in my world here, I don't think you can overlook anybody. So I'm going to take the Knowles. I'm going to take the Knowles big. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, Dave Dorn, he should have he done everything he could to uh, get that Tennessee job when they he were tried. interested about it because he may not have a choice but to leave. Uh, Raleigh after this year so I think that you're going to see another lopsided Knowles victory here because like I said if you can't beat Willie Taggart I don't yeah. believe you can beat Mike Norvell fair rationale and by the way stay forever <laughs> yeah there's I'll two people they, right two people that just need to stay there forever and that's uh, Dave Dorn at NC State and uh, Mike White at Florida so hey if Mike yeah Mike White they could keep his ass forever and Little Hamilton's just gonna keep Punching him in the face, right in the nads, you know, wherever he feels like. All right, so got all right, so we're even on the schedules here. Here's where the big L comes. I think uh, Clemson rolls into Tallahassee, probably kicks that ass. But I, I do think it'll be more respectable of a loss than it has been the last two seasons, at least. I think they'll actually score some points. The defense will play inspired ball, but I just think Clemson's too talented. Uh, give me Clemson big, but I think they at least do their part to make me believe that next year. They can make a little noise and actually show up and be more respectable and get this thing back to, you know, being some classic Florida State Clemson game. But I don't think this year is the year. I don't think this team is quite ready. But it could surprise us, but I'm going to go Clemson big. So I'm going to go Clemson also, but I'm going to say that it's by less points than it has been the past three seasons. Absolutely. Because no doubt. The organization factor that you touched on earlier is going to ensure that that happens because we can't act like Florida State doesn't have a talented roster. Yeah, they do. we do. They've just been poorly coached, and that poorly uh, coaching factor has trickled onto the field and deteriorated their abilities at times. So there is talent on that roster. It's just how bad do you want it? So let's go out and prove something here. We're not pushovers. We're Florida State. To quote the great, great Odell Higgins, we Florida State, man. We all we got. So I think that they, they keep it closer than, it has been past, <laughs> closer than it has been the past three seasons. But, yeah, Clemson win handedly. That's fair. 
I don't see another outcome being possible there unless, you know, everybody on the field gets hurt for the orange and the white team. So, okay, here, you know, here's something that I think Noel fans get. And look, this is kind of a, uh, you know, a wet dream of a schedule that we're kind of conjuring up here because if that's the case, we're sitting at three losses. Ah, that'd be great. Uh, sign me up for some more Mike Norvell years because if that's the case, I'll take that. Because here are two games that I think you can book in your season with. Okay. Two and O on each ends of the season is a nice way to start your tenure. I'm not even going to talk in depth about either of these games because I think they're wins. I don't think very now. I think Virginia will be well coached. I'm just not as high on them without Bryce Perkins and that offense that that they brought to the table last year. I don't think they bring that back. I think the defense loses a lot of pieces. So give me the Knowles in the Virginia game and give me the Knowles against Limp Handshake and David Cutcliffe. Sorry ass Duke, you can get out of here with that nonsense. I like David Cutcliffe. I like David Cutcliffe, but he didn't have the okay. talent there, man. I was going to say, I can't sit by and hear, listen to you week in, week out bash David Cutcliffe. Because I'm tired of you man, being a Secret Balls fan. Give it up. They fired him. <laughs> that man is a quarterback whisperer yeah, like none of Daniel and, Jones was drafted. He was drafted <laughs> in the first round. Uh, so, yeah, you know, David Cutcliffe, he's, look at what he's done at Duke. Look at what he's done at Duke, not just – as a uh, quarterback coach, but as a head coach. So you can't keep disrespecting the man. He is a legend, but you're right. No chance. To yeah. quote Vince McMahon, Steamstone, no chance in hell. I like it. All right. So we went through the W's and L's. We each have the team having three losses. We have a difference of opinion cool. on that loss. But that's okay because still had the same record. Hey, look at that. Look, <laughs> that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So, three losses, eleven game season. I don't think we're going to get all eleven games played. But if you can come out of this schedule with three losses, sign me up for some more Mike Norvell, man. That that is all I need to see. I I am sold on that. If that's what we get. Well, and also here's the thing. Uh, they released the odds the other day on the wins and losses for each team in the ACC and Florida state was pegged to be seven and four. So we're saying they're going to be a game better. Um, that's not a big deal. That's believable. Nope. Absolutely. That's believable. So absolutely. Yeah. 1000%. Hey man, that was fun to actually talk about some football because today down with the news came the big 10 and the pac 12 canceling their seasons for the fall at least the big 10 says they're going to try to play in the spring i spit all over that and say that's fooey i don't think they're going to try to play in the spring uh i don't think the logistics work out and i don't really think they actually have that goal in mind quite frankly at least the pac-12 was pretty honest and said eh we'll see but for now we're done we're out so no big 10 no pac-12 the acc released a statement standing firm in their position i'll let you touch on that acc the SEC kind of did the same thing, and coming down the pipe here tonight, the Big 12 saying they're going to proceed with trying to play the season. And that was kind of the swing on this whole thing. You know, if you were in the middle of election, that's a swing state is what the Big 12 would be. Well, so that's an election joke. It's almost election time. See what I did there? Okay. Well, 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 come on. Let's be real. And you're going to try to tell me that the state of Texas is going to say we're not playing football? Oh, trust <laughs> me, I know. The, yeah. the 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 half of the Big Twelve is the state of Texas. So and then there's the University of Texas. So right. who wields a big sword? So I fully expected the Big Twelve to at least try to play for now, and I think that's why you're going to have the three conferences. And by the way, out of the group of five, it looks like the AAC, 
the Conference USA and the Sun Belt are, are full steam ahead until somebody else tells them the difference. So right now we have six FBS conferences playing football. I don't think we end up with six, just a gut feeling. Uh, if I had to put my percentages on it, I'd say uh, nobody plays at my highest yeah. percentage. But uh, I do think the possibility is there, at least in the P5. Now I'm just talking P5. The possibility is there to have some kind of season that looks similar to what we're used to between the Big 12, the SEC, and the ACC at full conference schedules to, to play as long as science and doctors and stuff will let them. Yeah, and that, that's exactly uh, what the ACC statement said, basically. You know, I put the piece up today on allseminoles.com about the ACC stance, and they basically said, we trust our doctors, we trust our medical advisory group. We're going to keep it as is until something develops that prohibits us from doing so. So while it's not a definitive answer, you have to feel good about it, at least for now, given the uh, other conferences' tendencies or impenchants for calling it quits, you know, right. uh, out West, Pac-12, the the Midwest. And so, yeah, those are different areas of the country. But like we've talked about before, the ACC is not just the Atlantic coast. I mean, it stretches all the way down the coast. Plus we got South Bend, Indiana in the, in the fold now. So as right. far as the, you know, a logistical standpoint, I don't think it matters where the schools are. I think it matters what they're doing, the protocols they have in place. And so far the ACC says we trust our protocols we're not caving. We'll see if it changes. It's very fluid. Right. Well, to me, that's kind of one of those, uh, we're not sure what we're doing here. And I don't mean that they're incompetent. I mean that just keep practicing until we tell you, uh, tell you there's no season. And by the way, that's fine. I think it's perfectly fine. You know, the schedule is set to start September 12th. No one says you have to start then. Push it back. Right. Let's see what science does. We don't have to cancel outright. I, however, I do feel that is where this is heading. Something tells me in my gut that we don't see college football this season. But I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, so I'm going to pretend because I love it so much that we're going to get a season. Noel's going to play all 11 games. They're going to lose three of those games, and we're going to the Orange Bowl if there is an Orange Bowl, baby. Let's go. That's right. Uh, that's right, man. A little New Year's Six for that ass. Okay. So, uh, no, no great way to transition into this, but last week, uh, you know, we had it up on the site at allseminoles.com. Former Florida State basketball player Michael Ojo passed away, 27 years old. Um, first of all, I just want to say still my, you know, heart and thoughts go out to family, friends, that coaching staff over there, Leonard Hamilton, Stan Jones, his former teammates, everyone they, you know, really knew Michael in a, in a personal way, my, you know, my thoughts are still with you because it's just, it's awful, man. 27 years old is, is young, uh, for a guy who seemed to have it all together that got a chance to, you know, to come to America, play basketball at Florida state. You know, there were times, and I know you can probably attest to this times where I cursed Michael Ojo's name on the court. I think that's fair. We're allowed to say that, you know, I remember there were times where I get his ass off the court. What are we doing? But as his career went forward, he became a reliable player. He became our best free throw shooter. And this is just on the court. This has no knock on the man off the court, which from all indicators, 
great young man, just awesome, upstanding, nicest guy you'll ever meet. And a lot of the people over there, that basketball department and, and the athletic department were broken up over this because they, they could not believe that, that it happens. But just on the court, his story is kind of cool, man. Just coming in, not a ton of talent, but a big man that could get you some rebounds down low. To a guy that was our best free throw shooter and 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 became a very reliable role player. And by the way, was playing in Europe. Uh, Cameron touched on this earlier, and I didn't really know this, but was playing in the you know the second best league in the world and was getting some NBA looks. Found a role, started to develop his game, and was getting some NBA looks here. The last year was going to finish his contract and you know kind of look around see what the landscape was like. So just some thoughts on Michael Ojo, you know his passing, uh, what he meant to Florida State. And anything else you, you you want to share about uh, Ojo? Yeah, so I can I can honestly say that of all the players that I've seen come through Florida State, I can't think of any of them who progressed into the player that he did from the player where he began, if that makes sense. The amount of improvement he made year to year was just incredible to see. And then when you take a step back from basketball and you just look at a man of his size – just a, an absolute mountain of a man. Yeah, he was always smiling. Absolutely. Always just the most friendly person that anyone's ever uh, interacted with, if you let them tell it. And that, that just speaks that speaks volumes to uh, Coach Hamilton as well, because yep. we've talked about it before, the kind of character that he recruits. And Michael Ocho truly embodied that. He embodied what it was to be a Leonard Hamilton Seminole. Yep. And it... My heart broke when I heard the news. Uh, he was one of my favorite players that you know in in that last two year run that, that or last two years that he was there. Right. And because like to be that big and be the best free throw shooter on the team is incredible. Right. Absolutely. It just speaks volumes to the to the work ethic that he had to get that good. Yep. And I'd always you know personally reserved hope that we'd see him in a WWE ring one day because oh, man well, that guy was huge and could move. So did they over there. That basketball staff thought yeah. the exact same way about him. That you know, they took yeah. him to see wrestling. He thought it was real. That's a fun story <laughs> that you know yeah. that started floating around, you know, in the last few days where he thought it was real and we got real angry and he was all about it. And I, I think he would have been perfect as a oh, professional wrestler. Great. No doubt. Yeah. Michael no Michael doubt. Ojo and James Wilder Jr. is the tag team champs. But Oh dude, I would uh, love that. <laughs> But no, it just, man, like I said, it, it, my heart broke and my heart goes out to all of his friends and families and anyone who was touched by Michael Ojo because he did seem to have that kind of impact. A lasting impression is what he made. And uh, I will always remember him for that huge pearly white smile. Absolutely. Just smile was infectious. And again, thoughts go out to everyone that was, you know, that knew Michael Ojo and, and was truly affected by this, man. Just, just. Awful. And again, no easy way to transition out of it the same way there's no easy way to transition into it. But we're going to just real quick. I, I didn't have it on our rundown, but if you've noticed, Leonard Hamilton, this basketball team getting some national love. People calling him the third best recruiter in the country behind Cal and Coach K. OK, we're looking at some. This is a different time. We don't have to touch on it here today. We can have a whole basketball episode if we really wanted. But just just the praise that the program is starting to re receive from outside of Tallahassee is something that I didn't know I ever needed until I finally got it. Now I don't ever want to let it go. Please don't ever let it dip from this level. Keep right. keep the train rolling over there. All right. You came up with a segment. So we can kind of break away from sports a little bit here. We did some sports. We like to kind of lighten it up here at the end. You did a little punt pass kick and the place of uh, F 
MK, which if you can kind of, if you've heard of that game, I think you know where that's going. Uh, a little F Mary kill, nothing wrong with that. So we had our own version, kind of incorporate some sportsy stuff into it. Punt, pass, kick. Uh, we have a good punt, pass, kick. We have a bad punt, pass, kick. We're going to go back and forth here. And it, I think this is going to be pretty tough. I'm going to let you start, though, Dustin. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. So it's punt, a pass, kick. idea. Great job, by the way. Yeah. Uh, just something some little light to, to brighten the mood, uh, you know, especially after this uh, that last segment there. So uh, punt, pass, kick. Uh in the same order as F. Mary Kill. So, pump pass kick. Your first option is Michael Settle. Oh, man. Pump pass kick. Eat a whole jar of pickles. Oh. <laughs> Only be able to listen to Takashi 69 for the rest of the life. No other music. Or never be able to watch any sports ever again. Pump pass kick. <laughs> okay. I'm going to... I'm gonna marry the Takashi six nine, so that's pass, which is a good thing in this, I guess, right? Yeah. Okay. Punt on pickles because <laughs> I'm gonna ga- I'm gonna gag it all back up, so might as well f it, right? And then I'm gonna kill never watching sports again because I almost died during this freaking quarantine, not being able to watch them. So. No chance am I going to sit through that for very much longer. So that's my order there. All right. You can take a 15-hour road trip listening only to country music. <laughs> the Nationals never winning any any championship again. Any pennant, any championship. Okay. Or, or you have to eat a whole jar of mayonnaise. Oh, come on. You made me eat a whole jar of pickles. Uh, well, I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, I'm going to kick the notion of the Washington Nationals never winning again. Because although I was there uh, for a World Series game last season and I got to see them win just last year, I don't care. They mean too much to me. So we're going to kill that notion. I'm going to pass the uh, 15-hour road trip for the only country music gotta do it at least once pal yeah and i guess i'll punt the jar of mayonnaise and i will hate myself for months after that <laughs> mayonnaise is disgusting by the way everyone listening you should stop eating mayonnaise oh, mayonnaise is great on sandwich a hamburger it's great and i lo- i lost over 100 pounds still eating mayonnaise what's up yeah your your heart is slowing down by the second yeah well so. i'm gonna I, I take in the pre-workout to die anyway so it's all good what all a right, perfect segue your next uh, topic Oh, Pump shit. pass kick. Oh. When a lifetime supply of pre-workout. Oh, sign me <laughs> up, baby. Free gas for a year. So Ooh. don't pay for gasoline for a year. Or Ooh. an all-inclusive two-month vacation to any place in the entire world. Pump pass oh. kick. Okay, I'm going to... All right. <laughs> I'm going to kick the gas. Okay. Because I can pay for my gas. Okay. And I'm gonna gonna punt the pre workout, which means I still get some. Okay. Right? Is that what yeah. we're going with there? Okay. Yeah. And I'll pass the the vacation because that sounds wonderful. <laughs> Please. For the love of right. God, man. For the love of God. Take my girlfriend with me, we'll have a great time. <laughs> All right. So I took uh, it easy on you that time. So what's my really last did. one? All right. You get to meet and hang out with future for two weeks. 
nothing but exclusive all all expenses paid in a mansion with future okay all right you get a lifetime supply of (laughs) i was gonna say frozen pizza but i can't do it because i think you're probably sick of it so i'll give you a lifetime supply of your favorite alcohol your favorite alcohol okay or or you get to marry live cowherd and live happily ever after well i mean that's that i'm gonna pass mary <laughs> the coward because we're destined to be anyway oh. and that's just gonna be it's gonna do wonders for our podcast and for all seminoles.com once colin is my father-in-law um man this is tough so i since i'm <laughs> since i'm Mary and Liv, I'm gonna have to kick Meet in Future because I don't. Th- I need to. I need to. Your Wi-Fi is not lit, pal. <laughs> I need to uh, fully disengage from the toxicity. So that would be uh, that's fair. Catastrophic. That would be detrimental to our relationship. So I'm going to uh, punt the lifetime supply of Rumple Mints. That's right. And peek behind the curtain here. So Mike said that I'm probably tired of frozen pizza. Those of you who don't know, there was a, I think it was what 42 days in a row that I a frozen pizza. I did reviews of all different brands of frozen pizzas and gave them ratings. And yeah, I don't care if I ever eat frozen pizza ever again. So. And by the way, if you know anything about Dustin, which a lot of you don't, so let me peek behind peek behind the curtain here. Tough Raider, just a tough <laughs> critic. I mean, sweet Jesus, man. I mean, we have another show together. Don't go out there. By the way, it's a horror movie review podcast. You should check that out. Uh, he also is tough. He's a tough critic on that show too, man. So this is, you know, this is what Dustin does. It's a tough critic on Jane Blackman. Oh, sorry. Anyway. <laughs> it's not all sunshine and rainbow. Somebody's got to bring a dose of reality, okay? Yeah, well, how come you're not so tough on Willie Taggart? All right, so anything else, Dustin? That's all I got uh, this I, I want to say this week, but who knows with the ever-evolving situation in college football, we may have another episode. That's all I have for now, we'll say. Right. How about this? We're probably going to come back tomorrow or the next day with another episode. At least two of us will be here. Uh, we're going to expand a little bit on that big picture stuff as news starts to evolve. We didn't get a chance to touch on the Big 12 and the potential dominoes of that. So we'll we'll swing back around to it sometime this week, no doubt. Um, but... Earlier today, I dropped uh, my interview with Jeff Cameron of ESPN Tallahassee. Make sure you check that out. Uh, it's up right now, iTunes and Spotify. And by the time you hear this, this will be up wherever you get your podcast. So just you know, rate us five stars, subscribe, and be sure to check out allseminoles.com. We update the site at least four to five times a day with news and notes and everything else. So And you can find this podcast on that website as well. So make sure that you click the link there and you know give us a listen we appreciate it and we'll see you next time on the all seminoles pod